so glad you're availing yourselves to the powerful message provided by Wisdom Connection, the media ministry of Wisdom International Network Ministries, where individuals are being helped to shape their future to fulfill their God-given destinies. We pray the ensuing message will enable you to find fulfillment in life. Now, let's receive the message. After you've accepted Christ, you need to set goals for yourself. Even spiritual growth needs goals. Physical growth needs goals. Intellectual growth needs goals. So if you don't set goals for yourself, you'll be living your life like a, a boat on the water, just drifting anyhow. If you don't set goals for yourself, people will let you just follow them to nowhere. If you don't set goals for yourself, life will become boring. And life is much more exciting when you put yourself in a situation where you don't know where you're going, but you say you want to get there anyway. And by just trusting God and pushing yourself, God will make you get to that place. We won't start without an opening scripture. So we want to read a very good Proverbs, chapter 13, Proverbs 13, <clears throat> verse 11 and 12, gives us a specific understanding as to how we have to live life. Amen? So when you hear a scripture, sometimes we quote just the verse because we don't want to read the whole book to, to take all the time, but you can go back home and revisit the same scripture and read the whole book in a context. Amen. We're just taking it from a text. Amen. It says, The wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. I'll read again. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Verse 12, read with me. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. I used to quote it as like a tree of life, but now you can see that it's not like. It is. When you push your hopes further, further away, you get sick. That sickness is called lack of purpose deficiency. I made it up. See, the verse 12 alone has a lot of jewels in there we can glean, right? It says when your hope is put on the back burner, your heart will get sick. Like a student who went to school and supposed to have graduated in four years and graduated seven years. His hope deferred. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking to somebody. Amen. You see, when you have something God has so greatly laid on your heart and you know you can achieve that, and you push it up and push it up and push it up up to a certain time, your heart gets sick. You see, sickness, that happens to us physically, is easily to be treated. The sicknesses that happen to us psychologically and spiritually is tough to diagnose, let alone to be dealt with. There's somebody here. So when the Bible says that hope deferred make it the heart sick, 
But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. God is telling you that your life existence and the way you enjoy life and the way you can be able to live life to the fullest is for you to have hope. And hope is an expectation. And your expectation will not come when you don't set goals to reach those expectations. Does that make sense? Because at the end of the day, life has given us 24 hours in a day. Seven days in a week. 12 months in a year. See, when the year begins, you can see a lot of people, they write New Year resolutions. And after they written the resolution, that's all they see. We are in the seventh month of the year 2023. Here in Wisdom, we allow people to write their goals. Like Habakkuk, write the vision and look at it. See it every day. And as you embark on those goals, you see, you give yourself something to look forward to. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Because without looking forward to something, anytime anything gets in the way, you get slowed down, you might get discouraged and quit. But life is not for cowards. Life is not for the faint of heart. Life is for people who knows where they're going, they roll their sleeves and take off their heels if they have to work barefoot, they walk barefoot to see their goals achieved. Because the Bible has said that when a desire comes to pass, it's like a tree of life. Show me somebody who is embarking on a goal and achieving his goal and I'll show you somebody who doesn't look their age. Show me somebody who has a goal and trying to achieve their goal and they are marshalling all their strength to achieve their goals. And I can show you somebody who doesn't have time to go on social media to follow vain stuff. Show me somebody who has a dream and a goal to achieve. And I can tell you somebody who doesn't care whether their clothes are growing old on them or is new. Why? Because they're chasing something that goes beyond this natural, which is a tree of life. Can I tell you that this tree of life was in the uh, Garden of Eden when God put Adam and Eve there? They didn't touch that. They rather thought the one God told them not to. It's called reverse psychology. Come on. Parents, do you do that to your children? Sometimes, yes. Not all the time, sometimes. You don't want them to touch it, you talk about it. If you want them to touch it, say, don't touch it, don't touch it. That's the curiosity of the human mind. You see, the tree of life was placed in the Garden of Eden to protect Adam and Eve's life. If they have eaten the tree of life, that was the tree that God sent the cherubims and the seraphim to go protect. You remember? After they ate the one God asked them not to eat, God protected them from being sinners forever, perpetually. But if they have eaten that instead of this, oh, what a wonderful world it will be. See, God wants you to have a taste of that tree of life before he calls you back. If God is a very good businessman, don't you think God will invest his, what, put his investment in diverse portfolios? Those of you that do investment. 
So when you think that you are too something for God to use you, you're making a mistake. God retrofitted you in your mother's womb. God has predetermined how you're going to look, how you're going to come out, and how your mindset is going to be. You would have to discover the purpose of God for your life and allow God to lead you to achieve your goals upon goals upon goals upon goals until he comes to say, well done, good and faithful servant, you've done your job. Come with me. If you believe that you came from God and you're going back to God, remember, God has invested into you. He will let you come give an account. The question is, what account are you going to give to God that my friends laughed at me so much that I stopped pursuing my goals? My, one of my secondary school lectures said I wouldn't amount to anything, so I stopped achieving my goals. I listened to a critic who told me nobody has done it before, so I stopped pushing myself. You see, it's important for us to understand that the moment God drops a thought in your heart, he trusted that you can achieve that. So set goals and make sure every three months of your life, you reevaluate your life to make sure that these goals are being achieved. Because the world is looking for people with results. I'll say that again, you didn't hear me. The world is not looking for talkers. They are talkers and they are doers. Say, they are talkers and they are doers. Some people just talk and some people don't talk and they do. Who would you follow, a talker or a doer? The doer is showing you that it's possible. It can be done. The doer is saying that you have to just, come on, get out of the comfort zone into the uncomfortability a little bit. And if you can push yourself a little, you can get it done. You see, the one that pushes himself is the one that achieves the goal. The one that sits on their laurel and thinks that everything is all right, won't go anywhere. So as those who have achieved a lot, they can tell you sometimes I have to go without. Without whatever you enjoy, I have to go without. Why? Because I have a goal to achieve. I have a future I'm looking at. I have a hope that needs to come to pass so that my life's extension will come so that I will live long to fulfill my God-given purpose. God is always expecting that after he's invested all he can invest into us, we discover, say discover. Purpose is not bumped on. Purpose is discovered. And when you discover your purpose, you work yourself to fulfill that purpose. You see, when you start getting results of what God has called you for, the first thing you will notice is people will begin to look at you differently. When people begin to call you to subscribe for what you are trying to achieve, you know you've come to a place of significance. Significant in life, I want you to take this mental note. It's not our similarity, but our little points of difference. Every human being, you're significant in life. Even twins, identical twins have a mark of difference. You can look at them and see that slight difference that you can identify them with. Don't try to be a cheap copy and be like everybody else. What you're doing might look like what somebody has already done or is trying to do. But look for your points of difference. Look for that thing that when everybody is called doing the same thing, when you come and stand, they will say, you are unique and you're different. You know why? 
because God is so wise, he puts all his investments in diverse portfolios. So you might be a singer. What makes your singing different that if there are 10 singers that they want to choose two, to be among the two? That's what I'm talking about. Don't just achieve your goals and your dreams and just satisfy your conscience. Achieve your dreams and your goals in attempt of fulfilling a bigger goal, a bigger dream. Because God's goodness is for a lifetime. And if God has given you a hundred years, your goal shouldn't be five years and die in five years. It should what? Take you into the hundredth year where when we come to your funeral, we'll make up stories to tell. But everything we say about you will be exactly what you use your life for. So let your life spell out to people what you're here for. Those who are able to set goals and achieve them are those we call successful people. Say after me, successful. Come on, say like you mean it. Say successful. Success is relative. That's why you don't have to be in competition with anybody. To those of us who come from the backside of the country, when we get into the city and get a nice house and a car, we're successful. Maybe we were riding a doom buggy countryside. Amen? You come and you get a nice car, you're successful. But does that make you stuck there? No. It gives you a possibility to know that I can achieve more. Amen? So success is relative based on what you're trying to achieve. Don't let one success make you complacent. Don't allow just being able to attain one goal. Without setting goals and attaining them, your life becomes so boring, you don't want to leave. As a cowards are those who commit suicide. Let's take the mental health aspect out of it. Selfish people commit suicide. Why do I say cowards? It takes courage to live. Why do I say selfish people? A lot of people are depending on you for you to succeed. So that based on your success, they can also find a foot to succeed. Are you thinking about what I'm thinking? And why do you want to think that life is all about you? So you're going to what? Take your life. God doesn't want you to think like a coward. He's not giving us the spirit of bondage again to fear but a spirit of love and of sound mind. Love and of sound mind. If you know people love you, look at how you just walk with your neck all over the place. If you're sound, you can make sound decisions in, in sound what, uh, what do you call it? Situations. In situations that life gets tough, God will give you ideas. And it's through the ideas that your genius will manage for people to know that this person is cut for this. So if we need that person, we have to go call them. Don't quit too soon. Don't chicken out too soon because life has become difficult. Let me tell you something. I remember when I was about um, before my teen years, my mom and some friends of her were discussing how tough things were those days. And they referred to a late president and they said, oh, during his time, they were buying the same thing they were debating about very cheap. When I call them money, sometimes I get uh, confused about it because I've lost track. 
You know, I, I forget that. There's the other people, and they were calling, oh, this one was bought for, let's say, a penny. This one was bought for 50 cents. This one was a nickel. And they were talking. I was listening at that young age. And they said, look, now things are very difficult. Now I'm a full-grown man with gray beard, and things are more difficult than what my mom was talking about. So that suggests to me that life is not going to be easy for me because it's me, but I have to take a licking and keep on ticking. If I want something out of life, I have to make a decision to myself and set goals and say, this is what I want to achieve and work to achieve that. Because if my mom and his friends were complaining that time, maybe 40 years ago, that things are tough. They should live in these days. They'll say, oh, we should have blessed those times. Because the nickel and the dime was better than what? $200 and $400. I remember when I even came to New York. Remember we were using token. How much was token then? Like 25 cents? And then for the metro, you just need a token. Now it's two seventy-five. We don't know where it's going next. Huh? Two ninety-two. Soon, right? Yes, the information is relevant. You see, I'm telling you that things will not be easy for you. You better have to make up your mind that this is what I want to achieve. And to those of us that are always religious, trying to throw in the devil and all the devil's activities. Let me give you a clue. Psalm 3, 2 to 3. Psalm number 3, 2 to 3. God has already begun the work in you. Philippians 1 says, he that began the good, he has already begun. And when God starts something, nobody can stop him. You know who is the best person who stopped God's work in you? You. When you choose not to continue and you quit. The devil cannot stop it. God even cannot stop it. So set your face like the flame. Write your goals. Revisit your goals every three months and make sure you're working on them. Don't allow time to just flip by without you doing anything. Man of God, you're there. Read it a little louder. Many years in which they have my soul. Hmm. There's no hope for him in God. You see? You are a shield for me. I love that scripture. Anytime I feel weakness coming on, anytime I feel distraction coming on, anytime I feel some kind of uh, discouragement or depression, this is my favorite scripture. Read it again. For thou, O Lord, and the lifter up of my head, if you're a child of God, this is a very good antidote for you. Never conf confess depression. Never confess discouragement because you have a God who is a shield for you. It's not just a shield, but it's your glory and the lifter up of your head. Somebody say hallelujah. So anytime you face obstacles, remember this scripture. David wrote that psalm. It says, for thou, O Lord, you are a shield for me. It means the arrows and all the guns and the spears they throw at me cannot pierce through me, not because I'm an invisible man, because, because you're my protection, you are my shield. And then not just my shield, but you are my glory. And the one that lifts my head up. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up for the king of glory shall come in. Most believers are backsliding and they expect God to work for them. Let me tell you something. 
God will only work for you when you are with him and you have a relationship with him. He's so merciful sometimes he protects even people that who doesn't need his protection. But God is so good that if you have a good relationship with God, you should just sleep and close your eyes and not think about the devil. The devil has no power. The power the devil uses is what we give to him. He's a thief. You know who a thief is? Somebody who doesn't have access to your house but will break into your house anyway. And let alone he comes with his crowbar and his hinges and his hammer and everything. The door was left ajar. Oh my goodness, what a field day. I remember when we were in Ghana, this is funny. She remembers a thief came into our house. And he realized the kitchen door was open. Remember the story. She's cooked a nice palm nut soup. Those of you who are in the diaspora, maybe grazing proper palm nut soup with snail and crab and everything in it. Funny story, but it's a true story. They sat down, they ate all the palm nut soup, washed the silver, and took it away. <laughs> oh, true. When we wake up, we saw people at the table and are eating. You don't remember because we were a kid then. And she went looking around. Some of the guys that the guys were fast asleep. The team saw an opportunity. He was angry. He wanted the silver. He realized this food is rich. You see, there was what? A door of opportunity already opened for him. He sat down and ate all the stew. The devil will only attack you because he sees your worth. Stop talking about how worthless you are because you've been through a whole lot of hitches here and there. I haven't seen a wise thief breaking into a serious big warehouse. They ask you, what are you doing? I'm going to steal. What do you think is in there? I don't know. Oh, that thief must be a thief, all right. But I don't know oh, no, wise thief at that. Everybody who attacks a place knows there's something precious at that place. Paul said we have this treasure in earthen vessels. God has placed you and covered you with earth. But what is inside of you is more valuable than earth. Seek that and achieve those goals. Seek it and achieve it because without you seeking it and achieving it, the next generation will miss out on great gifts like you. What goals have you set for yourself? Is it God giving goals or is it your own self goals? With God giving goals, I've given you a clue. Anytime you feel you're going out of shape, it means that you are being you are not being in alignment with the Creator who created you. Say, Thou, O Lord, you are a shield for me, you are my glory, and the lifter up of my head. In Psalm 18, 28, I'll quote that, you can read that later, and say, For thou will light my candle. For thou will light my candle. That's David talking. Do you think David was saying all these things for saying, say, sometimes you pursuing and following your goal and you get into a tunnel, that you can't see even the end of the time. It's so dark. But if you trust God, use this scripture. He said, by my God, I run through troops and live over walls. He didn't say, by my own strength. What experience do you have that you can use that to compare to what God can do for you? Some of you have crashed because you trusted your own strength. The Bible says, by no strength shall no man prevail. It is not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, say the Lord, somebody shout hallelujah. So you want to read it, sir? Because it's a beautiful sound. But 
Thou will light my candle. The world is full of darkness. You enlighten my darkness. Continue. Because of you, I run through through garrisons of soldiers ready to take me down. I run through all of them. I've lived over every boundary the system places me under. You would not be under. If you have God on your side, you're leaping over every wall. You're running through every troop and you're coming out successful. Your place in this matter is set goals and achieve them. Because your goals is what will be drawing you gradually into your future. Your purpose is why you're created. Can I say that again? Your purpose in life is why you're created. Some of you are living, you've lived almost 30 years or 30 plus and you still don't know why you're created. You have to seek that. And when you find out why you're created, you'll never be in competition with anybody. I think I've re-emphasized this enough. Three people can grow up in the same family, the same food, the same parents, the same training. What they have to discover is they're three individuals. Three unique individuals. Because if they don't find out that early, there's a tendency competition will set in. And when you start competing, you're not going anywhere. You know why? Because the Bible says that they that compare themselves with each other are not wise. God didn't give birth to foolish kids. The moment you come into Christ, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Has it been some wisdom by admiring your brothers and friends and your sisters and giving them a part of the shoulder and once in a while throw a party for them and say, hooray, you made it. Wait for my coronation. My time is coming because your purpose is different from mine. I will have to be happy for you when you succeed. So competition is not healthy. It only becomes healthy when you compare yourself to how far you've come. Are you getting what I'm saying? How far you've come. You look at how you were two years ago and say, bravo, you've come far. There's still more time ahead. But when you start comparing yourself with each other, competition comes in and people start what? Applying dirty principles. Like in politics, they started playing dirty games. So Christ doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to be one another's keeper. Let's support each other. When you discover your purpose, nature creates opportunity for you. My advice to you is the moment you discover what God has called you for, develop what you're achieving. That's why people go to school. Unfortunately, they go to take the wrong classes. And they pile up what? Student loans. And then they finish four years and they sit and ask, what am I going to do? What job am I going to do? When you were going to the school, you didn't think about that. The two courses, that has no relevance to their purpose in life. Whereas they could have saved that money, saved the four years to what? Develop their craft. If it's drums, start learning how to play the drums. If it's singing, start singing. I'm giving you practical examples. Is it making sense? Because I know people who are billionaires, multi-millionaires, who didn't go to college and are high college graduates. I'm not saying don't go to school because I'm an educator myself. All I'm telling you is before you go to school, ask yourself, what is this uh, 
college degree or high school diploma going to do with my purpose in life? Because that's what makes you who you are. Take a fish out of water, put him on the street, the fish will die. Take a bed, tie the bed with, with the rope on a tree. The bed will not fulfill its potential. Put a fish in water and wonder, how can the fish swim that good? That's what it's created for. So if you don't find out what God created you for, you'll be a confused person. I enjoy doing what I'm doing because I've discovered my purpose. My purpose is to educate you, motivate you, encourage you, equip you, so that you can fulfill your purpose. So when you discover your purpose, you find your place. And when you find your place, people will what? Will patronize what you do. People will patronize you so much that your fame will go abroad. The Bible says, God told Abraham, I'll make your name great. I'll make your name great means that I will give you something to do that anytime they're talking about that thing, your name will come up. What did Abraham do that distinguished Abraham from all the patriarchs? His faith. He's a father of faith. Anytime we talk about Abraham, we talk about faith. What will people talk about and mention your name? That's all I'm telling you. It might be something as insignificant as weaving baskets. Whatever, whatever. I mean, I want to bring things to you. But whatever you think God is laying on your heart, that is what you have to embark on. And you don't need school to do that. All you need is to find the right mentor. Somebody who will guide you systematically, slowly, step by step into that. And guess what? When you're able to achieve that and your maturity become fulfilled, God will reward you handsomely for serving your generation and serving him. Because serving humanity is serving God. You can't serve God and neglect humanity. People who are rich are doing something that is serving humanity. And God has seen that what you're doing is significant. So he's allowing them to have reward for their service. Don't expect to be rich without even giving it, getting any service. We read, we read Proverbs 13, 11. You saw that, right? He said you can't get wealth by doing nothing. I'm paraphrasing it. Put your hands to work. Work hard. Allow God to use you to bless this generation. Because life is all about satisfaction and fulfillment. If you don't chase the fulfillment and the satisfaction, you make a lot of money and still not be happy. You will enjoy it. When you're satisfied with life, you give somebody a million dollars and it wouldn't change you. You know why? Because you know how to make a million back. Is somebody here. So I came to encourage you. I came to motivate you. I came to let you know that you can do it. But you have to first set goals and systematically achieve those goals and see them come to pass. And the Bible we read says that when those goals come to pass, it's like a tree of life. You never get sick if you have a tree of life in you. You always live strong because you have things to do, people to see, dreams and goals to achieve. This is Wisdom Connection. And my name is Sam. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.
Thank mm-hmm. you.